Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Fit as a Fighter podcast. My name is Trisha. I'm your host. And today I am so excited to do a part two on by far my most popular podcast episode almost a year ago, How I Kicked My Sugar Addiction to the Curb and Healed My Relationship with Food. This has almost 50 downloads and I, on my small little humble podcast that is you know more than any other podcast I've recorded. It was early on in my podcast episode, so obviously it's been around for longer, uh, but I think it is so popular because it's something that so many women struggle with. If you are struggling to lose weight, chances are that you don't have a great relationship with food. <laughs> Chances are you've done a lot of extremes. You've struggled with maybe some binge eating patterns, you know, the way that you view food, the way that you handle your stressors in life, the way that you've dieted, um, all lead to this negative relationship with food. And I think a lot of us feel this addiction to sugar, whether it's, you know, sugar that's in your soda, whether it's sugar like cookies, chocolate, very sweet things. Um, you know, these are, these are a result of certain factors, right? It's not just because you have a sweet tooth, right? This addiction that you feel, it's from a long pattern of behaviors, from dieting, from mindset, from how you handle stress, your upbringing. There's a lot of factors involved. So I wanted to do a part two to this podcast to dive a little deeper, on how exactly I've helped not just myself, but my clients now overcome this and heal their relationship with food. I want to talk about, you know, how do you view food, good food, bad food, carbs, chocolate, all of the sorts of different mindsets and and thoughts we have around it. How do you handle stress, which is something I touched on at the very end of the last podcast that I want to dive into deeper. And then I want to give you some actionable steps of how you can actually you know, heal your relationship with food, kick your sugar addiction to the curb if you're struggling with that. So just to recap my own history, in case you didn't listen to part one, I struggled with having a sweet tooth, with overeating. I've struggled with weight issues. I've struggled with binge eating throughout most of my adult life. Okay. And my background, of course, I'm a professional MMA fighter, uh, did jiu-jitsu competitions, kickboxing, karate, uh, all the things that are a weight class oriented competition. So because of that, I would do these very extreme weight loss diets, weight loss methods, and the bounce back would be so extreme. And sometimes even within the weight cut, okay, there was days where maybe I'd eat a thousand calories of actual food. And then at night, I would be so stressed. I would be so hungry. I would binge half of a jar of peanut butter, pouring chocolate chips into it. And I wasn't tracking that. So God knows I probably had 3000 calories on that day. I was so restrictive. I was so deprived. I had such a negative, messed up relationship with food, how I viewed food, how I handled stress, how I handled dieting, that it was just this never ending cycle of constantly restricting and binging. And most of the time, the binges were on sweets, sugar, you know, I felt like I needed it. And especially after I would stop dieting, forget it. It would be a free thought for all, no matter how hard I would say, okay, I'm not going to gain weight after this diet. I'm not going to gain weight back after this fight. I'm not going to go crazy. I'm going to be really good. Inevitably the cycle would start again. Okay. So the way I was able to heal this relationship with food and really kick my sugar addiction to where now, I mean, it's crazy guys. 
I do not crave sweets, okay? If you had met me three years ago, you'd be like, obviously this girl's got a sweet tooth. If you looked at my pantry, if you looked at what I eat each night. Now, I'm not gonna lie, I do enjoy a little mini ice cream cone, a hold the cone, something like that. But it's nowhere near as addicting as it used to be, okay? Where you could not put chocolate in front of me without me devouring the whole bag. I just don't have that craving anymore. I don't have that need for it. And really what turned things around for me was, you know, honestly becoming pregnant and, you know, losing the pregnancy weight in a very slow, sustainable way. It was, it was the first time in my life that I lost a significant amount of weight without doing anything extreme. I was breastfeeding the first 16, 17 months postpartum. I'm almost two years postpartum now. And I knew that in order to keep up my healthy milk supply to feed my baby, I had to be eating enough. So there was no extreme dieting in the cards, which is how I previously operated to be able to lose 20 pounds before a fight. Well, now I had 70 pounds to lose postpartum, but the extreme diet shit was out of the window. That was not going to happen. So because I did it in a way where I was eating at or above my maintenance calories, meaning I was eating 2,300 calories, 22, 2,300 for a long ass time without dieting. Now, during that time, I was losing weight and I lost 60 of the 70 pounds postpartum. And a big part of that is, again, because I spent so much time in recovery from dieting, from constantly starving myself, from constantly doing the restrict and binge, that I finally felt like I had control. I finally had that balance where I could have something sweet and I didn't feel like I had to overdo it. Okay, partly because I wasn't hungry, right? I wasn't starving all the time. And I truly believe that some of you listening to this, you've been yo-yo dieting for so long, For so long, you've never taken a prolonged break from dieting where it wasn't the other side of the coin, where you're just saying F it and you're just not giving a shit and eating everything in sight, okay? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about eating in a way where you're still eating good quality food, you're still eating enough protein, you're still getting enough nutrients, but you're not dieting. You're not starving yourself. This is the beauty of sitting at maintenance. This is what really helped heal my sugar addiction and relationship with food, okay? In recent years, this this has been huge for me, is not dieting, not dieting, focusing on weight training, focusing on fueling myself enough, focusing on a step goal. All of these things have really turned things around for me. And with my clients, I start my clients the same way, okay? I would say 95% of my clients, we do not start with an extreme diet, okay? Nobody starts with an extreme diet, but we don't even start with a diet phase Because the first part is just kind of resetting their metabolism, giving them a break from dieting, making sure they're fueling themselves enough to where they're seeing progress, but they don't feel deprived. And making sure that they do incorporate a lot of whole foods, but also that they're actually eating carbs, lots of carbs, and they are allowing themselves to have what they want. This is the beauty of tracking macros. This is why I don't believe in meal plans. Meal plans are very restrictive. That can lead to a lot of binging on the things that you weren't allowed to have in your meal plan. When you learn how to track macros, when you learn to know exactly how much your body needs to sustain weight or to lose weight, you get this newfound freedom that you can literally eat anything you want. But here's the beauty, okay? Now, obviously, we know you have to eat less calories than you take in to lose weight, right? 
So we all know like you could actually just eat, you know, three pieces of cake every day and that's it and lose weight, but you'd feel like shit. Okay. That's pretty obvious. So you start to develop this sense that like, okay, even though I can eat whatever I want to fit my macros, I don't want to feel like shit. So I'm actually going to eat really good food. I'm going to make sure I hit my protein goal. I'm going to make sure I eat a vegetable, but I really want this thing for dinner tonight. I really want to have two pieces of pizza with my family. How can I fit it in? And you start reverse engineering it and you say, okay, I really am going to want two pieces of pizza tonight, maybe even three. How do I need to eat the rest of the day before that to make that happen? Okay, I'm going to have an egg white omelet for breakfast. I'm going to have a huge big ass salad for lunch with a bunch of grilled chicken in it. I'm going to have a protein shake for my snack. And then I am going to have the calories left over and the macros left over to enjoy three pieces of pizza guilt free. Okay, and that's the beauty of it. It's learning the freedom that you can include the things you want and still lose weight. You can. And some people I know can view macro tracking as a little bit restrictive. I think it's the opposite. Okay, I believe that it is the way to food freedom. Truly understanding how much your body needs and knowing that you can fit in the things that you want. And not just saying F it and not just eating like shit and hoping that you lose weight, but doing it in a way where you know, okay, if I eat X amount, but I also make room to include this thing that I want, this little piece of chocolate cake or this ice cream each night, or I want to have chips when I go out to the Mexican restaurant, you know how to incorporate that into your diet. Okay, so that is one huge thing with my clients. And each week they do a check-in where they get to kind of evaluate different areas of their progress. Okay, we don't just look at how much they weigh. That's one tiny piece of data that my clients measure in the grand scheme of everything that we track. Okay, they also track their energy, their digestion. They also track their strength. They also track their cycle. They also track, you know, their how their clothes are fitting. And they also tell me each week, how is your relationship with food? Do you feel restricted? Do you feel like you're tempted to cheat? Okay, every single week they have to answer that. And as soon as clients enter my world and have been with me for even just a couple weeks, they already start to get more food freedom. They already start to feel less restricted. And clients that have been with me for years now constantly report in their check-ins that they do not feel tempted. They do not feel restricted. They can go to a pool party on July 4th and not feel like they have to eat the entire dessert table. They can go and have one cookie and walk away from the table, not because they're restricting themselves, but because they know they can have a cookie whenever they want. When you have that freedom to know, I can have a cookie when I want, I can have a piece of pizza when I want, you don't feel the need to binge. You don't feel the need and the craving that like, oh my God, this pizza's in front of me and I never ever get to have pizza, so I'm going to go crazy. Okay, that's what happens when you live in this restrictive dieting cycle. And that's what used to happen to me for years and years and years. I would do these extreme weight cuts, these extreme diets where I would say, okay, I can't have any carbs. I can't have any sugar for a month. At the end of the month, I would go nuts. I'd be like salivating, dreaming. My whole Instagram page would be just pictures of chocolate cake and just videos of just, you know, the fudge exploding down when they cut the cookie open and just this really decadent. And I would just be like salivating, thinking about it every day. Like, oh my God, I can't wait to eat cookies. Oh my God, I can't wait till I can have a donut. Oh my God, I can't wait till I can have big bowls of pasta again. Oh my God. And then what would happen? I would finish the diet. I would finish the challenge. I would lose the amount of weight, whatever it was. I'd have the fight, whatever the situation was. And afterwards, I could not control myself. I could not stop because it was that program in my head that was saying, you better enjoy this now because when the next diet starts, you're not going to be able to enjoy this again. And that 
That right there is the problem. That right there is the problem with doing keto. That right there is the problem with saying, I'm not gonna eat any carbs. That right there is the problem with doing Optavia. That is the problem with these extreme diets where you have restrictive rules around what you can and can't eat. Because all your mind is gonna think about, if I tell you don't think about elephants, you're thinking about elephants right now. If the diet says don't eat sugar, you're gonna be thinking about sugar all damn month long, right? So instead, let yourself have some sugar. Let yourself have a Coca-Cola once a week if you want. And even if it's not Diet Coke, it's fine, okay? Let yourself have a piece of chocolate cake. Let yourself have two or three pieces of pizza when you feel like it or a big bowl of pasta. Letting yourself include these things in a way where you also are being responsible in hitting your other goals is the key. This is the key to food freedom. So if you're listening to this and you don't know how to really do this or you don't know how exactly, well, how much should I be eating and how do I know how much protein, reach out to me, send me a message. I can give you a macro assessment. We can do a free coaching call. Uh, we can dive into one-on-one coaching together, right? I This is what I am passionate about, if you can't tell. If you can't tell by my voice compared to maybe previous episodes, like this gets me fired up. Okay, because if there's one thing I know, if there's one thing I know is it's how negative, extreme and restrictive diets can be. Okay, that is one thing I know for certain. And I know that there is another side of it. I know because I've lived it and I've helped clients experience it as well, that you can have food freedom. You can continually enjoy the foods you love without feeling restricted while you lose weight, while you change your body. You can do it. I've done it, I help my clients do the same, and it's just crazy to me that more people don't understand this, and that's why I'm so passionate about it. So, whew, that's that's a long, long rant where I feel like I barely just even took a breath. I am pacing in my bedroom. Whew, that got me fired up. Now, the second part of this that I wanna talk about, just as kind of I mentioned at the end of the last podcast, here's the other part of it. That's the dieting piece, okay? That's how you heal a relationship with food and sugar, from the dieting perspective. The other perspective we need to look at is your stress. Is your stress. How do you handle your stress? Is your only coping mechanism to eat? Because if that's the case, then we're gonna have a really hard uphill battle to be able to lose weight and keep it off. Because if you're in a good season of life when things aren't stressful, then you can diet and you can cut your calories and you can do this and you can do that and you can do it my way, you can do it anyway and you can lose weight. But as soon as a stressful event happens in your life, which if you're a living, breathing human, especially if you're a parent, it's gonna be very frequent in life that we have these stressful times for good or bad. If your only mechanism to cope is by eating, that's gonna be, that's gonna be something we need to work on. Now, I'm not a therapist. Okay, and I do recommend if it's something you're seriously struggling with or you feel like you have some kind of disordered eating pattern or that you do have some mental health things going on, I'm a huge advocate of reaching out for help. Okay, a coach is not a therapist, right? So I I can't go through those deeper things. But, you know, we can work on strategies as far as like just things that you can do to contribute to your own stress relief, your own parasympathetic nervous system, um, your own self-care right? And sometimes it's just simple things. When you're feeling that urge to binge that you go for a walk, you just go up and down your driveway twice, okay? You go call a friend, you go message a friend, and then you come back inside. You go take some deep breaths. Maybe you fill up a bubble bath, okay? Maybe 
Maybe you, you know, go take one bite of something, take a couple deep breaths and decide, okay, am I really hungry? Do I really need this? Or is it just because I'm stressed right now? Okay, doing meditating, doing journaling, doing yoga, right? Getting your nails and your hair done, right? Getting a massage. All of these type of things feed into your self-care, which can greatly reduce your stress. And the more resilient you are to stressors, the easier it's going to be. And we build our resiliency by how we handle the stressors we have, okay? But you can also do things like you've probably heard are very catchy online these days, like the ice baths or taking an ice cold shower, things like that, that really kind of, you know, we're like putting ourselves under that stress or sitting in a hot sauna where it's like, it's stressful physically for us and we feel uncomfortable, but it's actually building that resiliency to handle stress. And sometimes when you do something really hard like that, even if it's only for a few minutes sitting in an ice bath or an icy cold shower first thing in the morning is the last thing you want to do, but it's going to make the crap that comes at you later in the day much easier to deal with, right? So again, it's the self-care, it's the stress management, it's the building your resiliency. These things are going to help you cope and manage your stress better so that we don't need to resort to just binge eating when we're stressed out. Now, the last piece I want to talk about here is how you view food for good and bad, and how you view yourself after these episodes where maybe you did binge, you did overeat, you did go off the deep end with the cookies, with the chocolate, with the chips, right? So the first is how you view, how do you view food? Are you somebody that you're like, oh, I can't eat pizza because it's bad. I can't drink soda because it's bad. Oh, I heard carbs are bad. I can't, I, are you even supposed to eat bananas when you're trying to lose weight? Isn't that bad to have too much sugar from few? Like you guys hear the language and it sounds so crazy if you, you know, caught that last one, like, oh, isn't it bad to eat bananas? I've actually had multiple people throughout my coaching career ask me, you know, probably at least five or six clients over the last couple of years ask like, is it okay to eat bananas? Can I have bananas? Don't they have a lot of sugar? And if you think that bananas are the reason that you can't lose weight, oh boy, oh boy, that's, that's gotta be fixed. Fruit is of course amazing to eat. And yes, it does have carbohydrates, but it has a lot of nutrients as well. So again, how we view food, are you viewing things as good, viewing things as bad? You know, that right there in itself is an issue that we need to work on. I prefer to look at foods as optimal or less optimal. Okay, but food is food. Food is not good. Food is not bad. Food is fuel. It is a nutrient. And some do more for your body than others. Some have a positive impact on your body and some don't, right? But at the end of the day, you could gain weight even though you're eating, quote, really clean and really good, but you're eating handfuls of trail mix and not tracking them. You're eating, you know, lots of whole eggs and you're eating avocados and you're eating really healthy foods. And maybe you're eating fruits and making smoothies, but you're over consuming your calories. You're overeating your calories. You're binging on a whole bag of almonds at night. So even though maybe you're not binging on the sugar, right? Maybe you're binging on something where you're like, oh, but it's really good for me, but you're still over consuming it, which can, you know, lead to you gaining weight or having trouble losing weight. However, I digress because that's not the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast is healing your relationship with food and kicking your sugar addiction, okay? But this all ties in, guys. How you view food is so important. So if you're being restrictive because you're like, oh, well, I can't eat carbs or I can't eat this or that because it's bad, but I can eat this thing because it's good, 
we have to eliminate that verbiage, okay? It's less optimal for you possibly, but at the end of the day, you could still lose weight incorporating that into your diet if you're still meeting your goals, if you're still you know, hitting your protein, if you're still staying within your calorie range. Now, the last thing I wanna talk about, guys, is your relationship with yourself. How do you treat yourself after... After you had a soda, when you told yourself you weren't going to eat, drink any sodas this week, how do you treat yourself when, you know, you finish that diet, you lose the weight or you meet your goal or you win your fight or competition and afterwards you go crazy for a weekend? How do you treat yourself after that? Do you beat yourself up and do you punish yourself? Do you do something to make up for it? Do you do extra cardio? Do you go back to cutting carbs? Do you go back to cutting sugar, right? How do you treat yourself after these things? This is paramount. This is paramount because if we don't address this, we won't have balance, okay? There are gonna be times where we fall off track. There are gonna be times where you screw up. There's gonna be times, even the best of us, even myself, okay, where I eat half a bag of chips, or I eat half a box of cookies, even though my relationship with food is great, even though I'm not doing extreme diets, even though I manage my stress pretty well, there are still moments where I go off the deep end. When that happens, this is important, how do you treat yourself? If you punish yourself the next day or week or month with another extreme diet, something to make up for the damage that you did, extreme cardio, extreme workouts, extreme restrictiveness, you're only continuing to perpetuate that cycle, okay? To break free from this cycle, what you really need to do is you need to, you need to have a short memory, okay? You need to wake up the next day, forget about the shit that you binged on, forget about the fact that you fell off track or you had the soda. You cannot let it turn into a whole week. You cannot let it turn into a whole weekend. You can't let it turn into a whole month of either continuing that pattern or restricting yourself from it. You have to start the next day or the next meal with a clean slate and know that if it happens again, it's okay. And that the most important thing is to just get back on track, to get back to your basics And that it doesn't mean that you can't have another soda the rest of the week or you can't have a piece of pizza on Friday when you guys go out for pizza or Italian food, that you're going to try again, that you're just going to try to do better. You're going to try to do better the next time. That's all you can do. But if you continue this binge and restrict pattern, it never ends. You got to break free from it. So that is it, guys. That is my rant today. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as the first one. I know I get fired up. I get on these rants. I get on these tangents. But again, it's because I'm so passionate about this. If you struggle with binging um, on sugar, binging on certain foods, and you have this restrictive dieting cycle that you keep falling in and out of, and you need help losing weight and kind of getting out of this toxic pattern, please send me a message, okay? Even if we just jump on a free coaching call, it's my passion to help you through this. It's my passion to help women and men recover from this and see the other side of it and having that balance um, that is just so amazing to have in your life. So that is it, guys. I'm going to end it on this note. If you found value in this podcast, please share it with a friend, leave a review, share it on your social media stories, and you can always reach out to me on social media at Trisha Cicero on Instagram or Facebook is the best place to contact me. So I will see you guys all on the next episode. Appreciate you listening in, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.